1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It's time now to go beyond the headlines and for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches, offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
3: Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. A very happy Tuesday to everybody out there listening on the radio, listening on the app, watching on YouTube, Twitch, wherever ESPN 1320 TV is. We appreciate you watching and listening. I'm Kyle Madsen here. Over there on the other side is James Ham, And we have another Kings loss to talk about as they fell to the New Orleans Pelicans last night in the first game of the knockout round of the in-season tournament. Um... <clears throat> We talked a lot last week, James, about bad losses. Last night, to me, cat- I'm categorizing that as a bad loss. That was not. That was n- not a not a good loss to have.
4: I agree with you, Kyle. I don't think it was a good loss at all. And I think I don't. We're going to have to dive into this deep, but I, I think at at some point, this is the loss that shows you the flaw that has to be fixed for this team to take the next step. Mm. It just flat out is. What's that? They. They just don't have the length and athleticism at the three and the four mm. to compete against some of these teams. Yeah, like a lot of the teams they do, some of the teams they don't. There are going to be bad matchup teams for this for the Sacramento Kings, mm. and until they figure out a way to address a very specific problem that they have had for two and a half years, three yeah. years, yeah. unless they figure out a way to address it they're going to run up to a, a certain point where they plateau and where they can't get over. And, again, like Mike Brown is a defensive coach. He doesn't have defensive players. At, at a certain point, in order for him to make this thing work, he has to have at least one or two guys that are elite defenders that that can handle. And, again, the Pelicans have a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And you roll up against a team like that, that they've got the players that you need. Yeah, like that. If you Herb could Jones, ever, yes, Trey
3: Murphy, yes, players like I mean Brandon Ingram is is long and athletic, not an awesome defender, but well, no, but hmm. you don't have anyone that can defend Brandon Ingram, right? Yeah, he's gonna he's That's gonna be a plus because of because of what he does offensively. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you, man. The, the Pelicans are 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 really tough. I think this is where this is. This is what I was struggling with last night as I watched the Kings get out to this huge lead. And I told you before the game, I was like, the Kings are either losing this or boat racing these dudes. Oh, yeah. They're either, it's either a bad matchup or they're going to be like, you know what? Those two games in New Orleans weren't indicative of of what this is. We're the better team. We're going to go show you. And I thought you saw that early on. They were attacking CJ McCollum defensively. They were attacking Zion Williamson defensively and it looked like the Kings were going to have a night where they just kind of roll and they look like, you know, one of the best two or three teams in the Western Conference. But as that game wore on, you saw the matchup issue. You saw it, A, it, during the first quarter mm-hmm. as the Pelicans kind of came back. But I thought I, I, I thought the Kings had some self-inflicted wounds in there that that didn't necessarily help matters. But the fact that the Pelicans just so kind of methodically came back in that game and then took a big lead and then were able to fend off every single Kings run to eventually extend the lead and win by 10. That's where all of that, everything you just laid out in terms of why the Pelicans are a bad matchup for the Kings, all of that kind of came to the fore.
4: Yeah, and what happened was the Kings just started turning the ball over. They started getting loose. They started getting a little full of themselves Mm -hmm. in the the first quarter. Mm -hmm. They couldn't miss. I mean, at at one point, I think they were like 13 to 15 from the field. They couldn't miss at all. Everything's flowing. Everything's great. But it was just masking the fact that they weren't playing defense. Mm -hmm. And and then once they started turning the ball over, um, uh, again, De'Aaron Fox just had absolutely the worst first half I think I've seen him have in a in a like a he, couple of years
3: was he sick or something like he no. looked he he looked like he i don't want to this is I, I hate saying this because i know this is not the case but this is how it looked on television i know it's not the case for real it looked like he was like eh i don't care tonight
4: he looks worn really out odd. he looks worn out a mm, little bit but yeah. at the same time It was like he wasn't mentally locked in in the first half. I mean, he had five turnovers, like boom, 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 boom. And the thing is, he just talked about it at the postgame two days earlier about how he's really taken pride in not turning the ball over. Mm -hmm. We just did like an entire segment on him only averaging two turnovers per game. That's all I could think about. (laughs) The whole time, he'd he'd had one game where he had four turnovers, and he turned it over five times, including he got Alvaradoed. He got Grand Theft Al- Alvarado.
3: Honestly, two things on that. One, incredible nickname. Yes, that's a plus. Two, that one wasn't even like ah, you know what? That's gonna happen. That's what. That's literally a Jose Alvarado's peak value in the NBA is because of that, that play. kind of play. And like, yeah, do you love it? No, but he
4: wasn't focused. Yeah,
5: like there he were a couple knows. Of lazy
3: passes in the half court. Oh, it was just. Yeah. A, it was yeah, really. Of all the players you expect to see that front, like De'Aaron's at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Now, since we're on the De'Aaron Fox topic, we'll just stay here for a second. I also get it. This is a player who they rely on night in and night out. And we talk about he's he's that, that superstar player. He can have a bad half. Of course. Was If this had happened, If <laughs> let's take in-season tournament out of this. And let's just say they were happy to be playing the Pelicans a third for a third time in whatever three <laughs> weeks or whatever. Yep. Take the in season tournament aspect out of this. I don't even think it's yeah, Darren had a tough half, but whatever. Like I don't even think it's really that noteworthy. But because I think the stakes of the in season tournament, it's you know, quote unquote winner go home, they've already lost to the Pelicans twice, I think that amplified it a little bit for me.
4: I think so too, but I also like if we go back to the playoffs De'Aaron Fox was incredible in the playoffs. Right. Like so I was I was confused by what was happening because it almost felt like it's the first time you've been there and you make some mistakes Mm -hmm. because you haven't been there before. Yeah. But that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And and when he was in that situation, he rose to the top. Mm -hmm. You know, he was the best player on the floor for for a bunch of time during the Golden State Warriors in their playoff run. Yeah. It wasn't until the finger injury that he really, you know, took a, a step backwards. Mm-hmm. But even still, like I just like he kept shooting threes. They weren't going. He was running into the lane but without the same sort of vigor. And then he just kept running into people and turning the ball over. Didn't I, seem to have a plan, yeah. Yeah, I was I was confused by what was. and then in the second half he was he was himself, but you had lost momentum. Mm. Like you had all of this momentum building and then you, you let them have confidence. Yeah. And once you didn't have confidence and they did like the thing swung, I, I thought the fans were incredible. Um, I, you know, there was a tragic situation last night in the, in the yeah. stands, Kyle. It's awful. Um, I, I've i heard that it was a 33 year old male with a history of heart problems had um, shortness of breathing and, and literally uh, went down during the game, and they they were not able to to uh, revive him. And unfortunately, you know, yeah. uh, he passed away. So condolences to the family. Um, just a tragic situation that happened during the game. I don't even during, think during I, I the first quarter. I didn't even see what see like commotion or anything. But then we started hearing reports of it, like like while we were in our seats around. I don't know the fourth quarter, late third.
3: I talked to multiple people who were there. As in the stands, like with as as fans Mm -hmm. who went couldn't had no idea anything was happening.
4: Yeah, it was in like section one twenty two or one twenty four. That's what I heard. I don't know exactly where that's at. The so uh, um, it it sounds as if you know they they did a good job of you know like trying to take care of the person the best they could, but there was uh, unfortunately nothing they can do. So again, condolences to uh, the the Kings fans just out there. Uh, the family uh, of uh, the the fan that passed away, but uh, yeah, Kyle, uh, the Kings just you know there are going to be certain times where you don't have it, and I, I thought they came out with like a, a like a blistering like offensive performance to start, but again, it's it's what Mike Brown always fears mm-hmm. is that you just fall in love with how pretty the offense is and you don't you don't do what's necessary to stop the other team and you allow the other team to build something quietly while you're out there hitting every single shot. And as soon as your unsustainable play starts to taper off and they've built something that's sustainable, they track you down and they pass you and then it's, you're in a fight and the Kings didn't have it.
3: I think that sometimes a box score lies, right?
5: Mm
3: -hmm. But I think when you go look at the box score from the first quarter last night, I think it tells that you can you can find the numbers to tell the story. Because there's no reason when you look at the Kings going thirteen of twenty from the field and seven of eleven from three. Oh yeah. Hang up thirty six points. You're going they are up but big. They're I up double digits. I think
4: they missed their last five shots. Yeah, was, I think they, they were thirteen late. to fifteen.
3: It was ugly late. Yeah. But then you go down, and you go 11 assists. Okay, balls hopping around. So 11 assists on 13 made shots is like, that's the offense. That's what you want, right? But then you go turnovers, six. Six turnovers in a quarter. Yeah. Fouls, seven. And that's what that now, slowed the game down, got the Pelicans to the line, and that to me was, was, oh, that's how the Pelicans wind up only down a point at the end of that quarter.
4: I'm going to say this too, like, Tony Brothers has no business reffing any big game in the M- NBA. I don't personally think he should be reffing any games <laughs> in the NBA. Sure. But a big game like this, like the touch fouls are ridiculous. Let the Like the players well, should be deciding this but, game. The physicality level, everything should be decided by the players. And yep. then on top of that, they frustrated the Kings so much that we almost had like a fight. Mm-hmm. Like their ineptness as officials – And calling, like, weird ticky-tack stuff but not physical stuff led to, like, a near brawl in the court between Trey Lyles and and Jonas uh, Valanciunas. Ugly.
3: I didn't... I'm... My whole thing with with officiating is if you're going to call ticky-tack fouls, I hate it, but... Okay. Just do it on both ends, man. And do it consistently. Yeah. You can't have one possession where, hey... Anything goes under the basket. Guys fouled on the on the drive, fouled on the rebound. Got foul as the ball goes out of bounds. Like uh, okay, you're gonna let him. You're gonna let him play. I I'm here for it. Yeah. But then the ensuing possession can't be uh uh tap on the on the arm on a blow by and oh, and one. I you can't. Yeah. I I need it. Give me consistency. That's all. And that that's what the players need too. Then you know, hey, am I going to be able to defend physically and maybe get away with a little more tonight, yeah. or do I have to stay back because any small touch foul is going to? And when that changes from possession to possession, that makes
4: <laughs> that makes an already hard sport way harder. Yeah, we even had to play where Alvarado flopped, and then they reviewed it. I was floored. <laughs> but we didn't get a, a review of it. Like in the stadium, we didn't get a legitimate review of it. Did you go back like, and watch it? No, I, I still bro, don't know,
6: bro. But I, to
4: back him up, I was
3: floored that that was a an offensive foul. He didn't, Fox stood there, and then Alvarado like spins, and his head hits Fox's chin, and he goes down, and, and embellishes the contact. I thought it was right to review it because I don't know what De'Aaron did. Yeah, maybe maybe there's uh, maybe he was moving, and I just didn't notice it or didn't see it. Maybe I was too focused on the head to chin contact. (laughs) I did not see a foul. And I thought for sure when they reviewed it, I was like, oh, this is getting overturned. This is ridiculous. Uh,
4: (laughs) One is a star and the other isn't. And in the star-driven league where stars get the calls, your star didn't get a call. And then even on review, didn't get the call. Insane.
3: All right. We have plenty more to dive into from the Kings 127-117 loss to the Pelicans last night. Six quick thoughts from James Ham coming up. That's going to set the table for the rest of our conversation. And I had the worst fantasy football loss I've ever had in my life last night. I'll tell you about that as well. That's James. M. am We're the Insider. Sponsored by Jiffy Lubo on ESPN 1320.
7: Standing on business.
2: Back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Manson. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN
3: 1320. Pelicans 127, Kings 117. The Kings no longer in the in-season tournament. They will face the loser of Lakers-Suns, which is tonight. They will face the loser of that game on Friday. A road game, right?
4: Uh, Yes. And I did get an explanation on why it's a road game. Okay. Please so, explain. So because they're trying to balance the schedule and make it 41-41, you know, mm-hmm. home and road, mm-hmm. the Suns are on the road mm-hmm. playing the Lakers, Got right? It. Okay, and the so, Kings were at home. And the Kings were at home. So if it's the Suns, the Kings have to travel to Suns because of that rule. If it's the Lakers, they both had home games. The Lakers were the higher seed, so you have to go travel to mm-hmm. them. Okay, that so, actually makes sense. Yeah, it right, does. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Slater. Slater, uh, explained that one to me. He because he had asked the, the league. Yes, sure.
3: All right, let's get to six quick thoughts here, and uh, let's rip through these because there's so much. I was I was reading through your six quick thoughts at, uh, on Twitter last night at James underscore Ham NBA, and so much of what you talked about was what I wanted to dive into with the show. So let's let's get through these and then dive in a little bit further as we as we go along here. What was your first quick thought from last night's Kings loss?
4: Yeah, it was early mistakes. Uh, De'Aaron Fox went 3 of 12 from the field with 5 turnovers in the first half. He finished with 6 turnovers, which um, very, oh, very... he finished uh, with 6? Yeah, he did finish with 6. Oh, man. Uh, I think he had one late, uh, but 30 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. I didn't think he was a good setup man in this game. Uh, he also uh, he shot 1 of 7 from 3. I thought he was pressing... That's what it looked like to me. It looked like mm. a player who was really, really trying. And sometimes you can watch a player and see them trying too hard. Yeah. And that's what it looked like. Uh, I thought he was brilliant trying to bring the, the team back in the fourth quarter. But uh, before that, it was a bit of a mess. Do you know when the last
3: time Darren Vox had six turnovers in a game was? It's been a while. January 23rd. Of last year? Of, well, of last season, but of this year. Okay. So almost a full calendar year between games of... Six turnovers, which is bananas. Uh, that was game 46 last season. Okay. Uh,
4: you that's know, incredible. It, he He's really, he has taken care of the ball. I mean, he talked about it. Like, he'd only had four turnovers once all season.
3: That's like 54 games between six turnover <laughs> games for a yeah. guy
4: who handles the ball as much as he does? Oh, no, it's, it's really good. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, especially for a score.
5: Like I'm going to he give,
3: is. hey, maybe this makes me soft and this is why I'm not a New York media guy, I'm giving him a pass. I'm doing it. (laughs) He had a a tough half. Not even a tough game. He had a tough half. A tough half. No, totally. And it it was a bit like you want to see him come out and you'd like to see those 30 points distributed a little more evenly. You'd like to see a couple fewer turnovers because a couple fewer turnovers maybe in the first quarter. That first quarter goes different. Maybe the game goes different. Okay, I'm there.
4: They were up 15. They should have been up 20 by the end of the first quarter and the game would have basically had a good chance of being over
3: yeah you have a you have a better chance to bury them at that
4: point yeah you had an opportunity yeah. to break their spirit and to to really put the game away mm-hmm. and you didn't and yeah. part of it's because you miss shots part of it's because you turn the ball over a whole bunch out of nowhere yeah. just boom 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 yeah. i think it was five straight possessions they turned the ball over
3: i'm soft i'm giving him a pass okay all
4: right uh number two uh showing up the demonus bonus, bonus battled for 26.13 boards 10 assists against a big Pelicans front line. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He was 8 of 12 from the field. He was 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. He had five offensive rebounds, which is a big number for him. Um, he he had a block. And, and again, uh, we can go up and look at, at Jonas Valanciunas' stats, 18 points, 11 rebounds. Like Sabonis wasn't camped was on working. on and mm-hmm. Valentunas was working. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was really, really trying hard, and and uh, Trey Lyles and him getting into it it fired him up. You could see like the whole time. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Hoodwinked? Hood-winked. It's a cartoon.
3: No, I've not. The one with the squirrels. It's the uh, like, yeah, it's f- forest
4: creatures. W- Little Red Riding Hood, and yeah. Oh uh, yeah, no, I've not seen that. One. Anyway, there's a, a guy in there who makes sh- who makes schnitzels. Who has a schnitzel truck and he's also a, a lumberjack? Valentunas mm-hmm. uh, uh, looks just like him. <laughs> his, his beard, like, like, comes out. Oh, like, perfect! Like it's a huge
3: it's beard, a strong that, beard, like, extends out. Yeah, I saw somebody call him Walmart brand Travis Kelsey.
4: That made me laugh. Uh, okay, yeah, but they but, look vaguely similar. Yeah, the beard, hair, though, it's beard. almost like it wedges outward. Like it's, it's very like. Intimidating. It's like, intimidating. A, it's it's like in... a helmet for the chin. Yeah, you like could take it off. Yeah, or like like the front end of a bulldozer. Like <laughs> like you're like, wow, he's gonna run me over with that chin. Offensive foul. Yes. Hit with the beard. Random. Yes. Anyway.
3: Sabonis, really good when the Kings started coming back in the third quarter as well. Had a big block. Was running the floor. Was looking to distribute. Wow. Um, yeah. Had some big dunks. Yeah, yeah. Good game for him. Number three.
4: Uh, number three, surviving the scare, Keegan Murray lower back issues left the game in the first half uh but he came back and he Mm -hmm. put up 14 points he did his best to defend brandon ingram but you could see certain points where he was Mm -hmm. he was stiff and he couldn't move laterally the with the same quit he got a early in the third i remember ingram went to blow by him and he just reached out and like kind of grabbed him and you're like oh he like yeah. he's going to have a really difficult time in this game.
3: And and to make matters worse, like Brandon Ingram on some nights is just going to be a score that you can't really stop.
4: Yeah. Well, regardless of how Keegan back feels, the key is to get physical with him and to not let him get going. Mm-hmm. And the Kings let him get going.
3: Yep. All right. Number four.
4: Um, Number four, the energizer. Malik Monk sparked a third quarter run where the Kings battled uh, back. Uh, thanks to his distributions and shooting, he finished with 21 points and five assists. He started feeding, I, I think first he fed Keegan Murray, and then he fed Keon Ellis for mm-hmm. wide open threes on like dynamic drives to the yeah. hoop. Was spectacular. Mm-hmm. And he got them going and they got the fans going and all that stuff. Uh, I, I thought he was really good. Um, and, and actually, I think Mike Brown relying on him is a good thing. Playing him 33 minutes in a big game I agree, is a good thing. Five of nine from three, really a good night.
3: I want to see that consistently from him, especially come playoff time. The pop in Golden One Center is a little different when Malik gets going. It is. It's a little bit different when when he starts hitting shots.
4: Yeah, he's the guy that that definitely energizes the crowd. Okay. All right, number five, uh, Herder five of ten from three. I mean, five of ten from the field, twelve points. Uh, I thought he was flying around really well in the dribble handoffs. I, he was active. Um, again, I think he had a couple of big rebounds that are memorable. Um, but overall, just two of seven from three. He ran a plus 11 for the game.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but I also think that it kind of highlights one of the problems that the Kings have is that when you go with him and De'Aaron and Malik Monk at the same time, there's no one that can defend mm-hmm. uh, a guy like Brandon Ingram at that point. So yeah. he he's just not the super athlete with the super length that, that Ingram is, and that makes it really difficult, and that's why you need Keegan Murray. Uh, and more and more and more of Keegan Murray.
3: Herder had a couple of big opportunities last night to hit to hit threes in the third quarter that would have uh, cut it. I, um, I wrote this down and then I didn't bring my notepad with me from home. Sick. Um, he missed a couple of big threes last night, just like front Huge. iron. Like, mm. You want to, see, you'd like to see those
4: go down. I think there are two in a row when the Kings were right there. They're right there and mm-hmm. they could have somehow flipped a switch and got over the hump and got right back in the game. And he, he missed two. Yeah. Wide open looks. Yeah,
3: tough. Yep. Uh, last one, number six.
4: Uh, tournament's over. Yeah, Kings are eliminated from the end-season tournament. They'll face the Lakers' Suns on Friday. Whoever loses, they'll face uh, as just a regular, old regular season game. Now, mm-hmm. I will say this. If they face the Lakers, this is crazy. They could conceivably win the season series against the Lakers with two games remaining. So they're already up 2-0 on the Lakers. <laughs> they could... Potentially go up 3-0 on the Lakers and end the season series already, which is a, a weird dynamic to the end season tournament. I'm kind of here for it, though. <clears throat> Makes it a big game. Yeah. I think it's something that maybe like you need to figure out if you're the NBA about divisional opponents mm-hmm. and seeding, because mm-hmm. if the Kings would have played either the Suns or the Lakers and the one of those teams would have played the Pelicans, we wouldn't have had this issue in that round. Yeah.
3: Let's talk more about the in season tournament next, and uh, w- last night's loss. Just kind of a big picture. We'll hear we'll hear from Mike Brown, Kevin Herder, Damona Sabonis. We've got some sound for you there. And I want to whine about fantasy football. I'm going to do that actually next because I would like to get it out of the way. And we'll tell you how to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. That's coming up next as well. He's James Ham. I'm Kyle Mads, and we're the Insiders on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Leader.
5: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Now back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty.
3: I'm not doing this today. I'm not going to have our show derailed by Disneyland talk in our YouTube chat. Just random randomness. It is. A YouTube I'm not. Chat. What what I will say is every single take that people have had on rides so far. You can tell who and who has not been on Rise of the Resistance. That's all. That's that's as far as that's going. And now we're getting back to sports. All Unless right. you have something quick you want to say on Disneyland,
4: no, I think we're okay. I, okay. I I miss Disneyland. My wife has taken the boys a couple of times in the last couple of years because it's like during the season and I can't go. Let's go, um, bros trip. I'm down.
3: I'm in. Let me right. know. All right. all right, I'm in there. I dude, I will. T- I'm. I love that
4: place. I do too.
3: I enjoy it differently as an adult, for sure. That I did is like enjoy it much differently now.
4: Do you but do I the, still have
3: a good time? Do you have the pins? No, I don't do pins.
4: Oh, okay. So I have the pins. As
3: no, I well. don't do. I, I don't do pins. I don't I, I don't do all that. But now I more enjoy the like uh, the a the artistry of it. Oh yeah. B the fact that the the history of it. Um the the fact that like Disney Walt Disney Enterprises uh, invented animatronics mm. like that that kind of stuff is is more what I'm into now. But anyways, uh, okay. I digress. All right, Can I whine about fantasy football real quick yeah, before let's, we get back to Kings it. Pelicans? We've talked a lot of Kings Pelicans. We're going to continue talking Kings Pelicans. So I'm sitting there last night. I'm down uh, 23 points going into last night's game in fantasy football. Okay. And this is if you're like, hey, I don't like fantasy football, stay tuned because this is just a competitive uh, thing, less than a fantasy football thing. So uh, I'm down 23 points. I have Travis Etienne and Cal- Calvin Ridley. Mm. They have good enough games that uh, in overtime, ETN had a catch and then a run. I took the lead. I was good to go. Oh, I had a Bengals individual player, individual defensive player uh, who had a tackle in there. So I was good. I was clear by a couple points. So I'm like, all right, I'm all set. I've grinded out this game. Good for me. My opponent had an individual defensive player who was on bye. I get a call from our commissioner who lives in Florida. I get a call from our commissioner at 830 our time, 1130 Florida time, 830 our time. He's like, hey, wanted to call you because it's too much to text, but you're going to lose this game. And I'm like, what? And so I look at the app and I'm like, no, I'm not. And I go and I look at the box. and I'm like, did somebody fumble? What, what, what are you talking about? He goes, well, for competitive advantage purposes and to avoid people just leaving their teams alone and not looking at it, or tanking on purpose or whatever, when somebody has somebody in their lineup who's not playing, I go add the highest scorer in the league and put them in that spot for them.
4: No. That's part of the rules? That is part of the rules, Doc. I would never play in that league ever again. I am punting after this season. That is absolutely atrocious. Like, as someone who is... Man, I don't even want to talk about it. I, I, he, it this is my thirty fourth year in fantasy football. I once played in a league where uh, what is Olendo... Orlando Mare? Yeah, Dolphins. Dolphins kicker. Patriots too. Did he play for the Anyways, doesn't matter. Single handedly won the entire league because he had scaled like the point system for a kicker. Where if you you oh for if God's you got sake. a thirty yard field goal, that's that's three points, but a forty yards worth four, a fifty yards worth six, at sixty yards worth s- like nine, and this dude is winning because his kicker is scoring thirty five points a week. He won every single game. He had set up the scoring where he won every single That's game the, the entire season. Dumbest like, thing I've ever heard. You are nothing but a fraud. Like you rigged the rules for your own. And he's the only one that really get like went through and looked at all the rules. Yeah, that's why that's I'm, I'm always so cautious wack. about uh, about joining another fantasy league without like. Okay, I need to see all your rules.
3: So, dude, so <clears throat> this is a dynasty league. It's been going for like a decade. Yeah, I got in this year. Oh no! And I was really excited about it. And here's so here's the caveat. It turns out that this I still clinched a playoff spot. This didn't change the standings at all. Whether I win or won or lost didn't change the standings at all. However, it's a principle of the thing, right?
4: Well, I totally agree. Like
3: you you go add the highest scoring player. So, and people have brought this up in the YouTube chat, and this is exactly what I intend to do this week because I am petty. I'm emptying my lineup. Oh. And I'm saying, I'm going to go, e- why would I not? I'm going to go empty lineup, and then the commissioner is going to go in and just put all my highest scoring players in for me? I have no decisions to make? Hell yeah. I'm playing best ball, baby. Wow. Chestnut not checkers.
4: That's Let's right. Let's go. <laughs>
3: I'm I it's not that okay I lost a fantasy football game the league's Kyle's 50 pissed. the league's 50 bucks dude I'm not I'm not like yeah losing my house over this right but it's the principle of it that guy and if that guy had left 9 guys off his roster and it was clear he's checked out uh, then okay if that's your rule fine he left one individual defensive player out oof and had I I, I got penalized for checking my lineup because i went ah i'm going to actually change this thing around and i took out a player who ended up scoring more points than the player i put in yes. so i get penalized now for checking my roster and he gets rewarded for it
4: that i i yeah i would just say hey I'm, i, I would have told the guy right then i won't be back next season
3: yeah i like
4: i'm, I'm not going to be back next season like I, no i'm
3: Peace. i'm not doing that because i don't want some weird rule like oh we've had a rule where if somebody says they're going to leave then they can't win or some dumb thing like that. I'm telling them during oh. the offseason. I might even I might even be petty enough to tank the draft. and Well, then if be you like... tank the draft, then
4: do you get like the best possible score every week? Like, on... Right,
3: yeah. Hey, I, oh. y- you have to drop players because it's Dynasty. I'm dropping everybody.
4: Oh, yeah. I'm just going to drop everybody. Kyle's just going full, <laughs> no, I'm full not, angry Kyle. I'm
3: not going to nuke their league because I could. I mean, I could just drop all my players. Or just start messaging people and be like, hey, you want Brandon Ayuk for a third round pick in 2026? All right, here you go. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do all that. That's crazy. But I am going to, my current starting lineup is like Geno Smith and Alan Lazard and like Ty Davis Price and <laughs> and just all these, all these guys who are projected to score two points and fewer.
4: I had a buddy who was in a, one of those internet leagues where you're up for like 20,000 bucks or 25,000 bucks. And he uh, he was leading the entire season uh, and going back and forth with one other guy. And then like three weeks before the season ends, all of a sudden someone jumps up and is almost tracking him down. And then he has a huge lead on the last week and the guy the other guy comes back and beats him by like three points. And this is literally he's gonna win like a huge national thing where it's like 25,000 bucks, right? Okay? So, he he's so bummed out because he loses, right? And he's gonna get like a hundred bucks or he'll get something, but it's not the big not twenty five grand, right? sure. He gets an email from somebody that says, "Hey, they cheated." He's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I have proof they cheated." He's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Go back to week three on the on the guy who beat you." He's like, "Okay." He's like, "You see Marcus Robinson for the Bears? I think it's week two. Scored four touchdowns." He's like, uh, "Yeah, I see it." He said, Marcus Robinson wasn't available in week two to us. They created a fake uh, team and stuffed it with stats. What? And so he contacted the, the people and said, hey, I've I've already got an attorney and we've got proof that you cheated. Got a check, certified mail for 25K like a couple of days later. Wow. Yeah. Holy and, smokes. And now that guy sits Underneath the basket, wearing crazy sweaters. (laughs) Not because of that, but he's one of the crazy dudes who sits right by the the bench, uh, by the King's bench under the basket there, wearing crazy stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And they may have brought me a Mike Brown sweater from last night. That is wild. See, that's why I'm always leery. That's that's remarkable. I play in my league that's 30-something, 33 years old, and that's all I play now. Good
3: for you. I'm punting this league.
4: I did win. We uh we we have a five game win streak. Love that. And uh we've clinched a playoff spot. Howdy, babe. Because somebody lost last night and uh yeah, so yeah, we're doing all right. Eight and five. All right. I'm also eight and five
3: now. Should be nine and four, but that's fine. You know what? My team didn't perform well enough. We we got sidetracked, Kyle. Yeah, we did. <laughs> At least it wasn't Disneyland.
4: We should you know what we should do is the uh the Jiffy Lube players. I was the game.
3: thinking that exact same thing. So if you're new to the show, Jiffy Lube has Uh, very kindly given us 82 Jiffy Lube gift certificates to give away. 100 of them. No, No, 82 82 $100 $100 $100 gift gift certificates. Thank you. 82 $100 gift certificates, one for every Kings game this season. So, because there was a game last night, we have another one to give away today. Um, Our Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game, it was an easy choice for me last night. And James, I'm hoping you agree because we didn't really discuss it. But Damanis Sabonis is your Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game from last night. Congratulations to him. He had a triple-double and was the King's, I thought, most productive player last night. And he's your...
4: What's our password?
3: Domas that was what the I had password I was is dude as I'm talking <laughs> as I'm talking I'm like I'm forgetting something I'm forgetting something what am I forgetting
4: D O M A S Domas,
3: Domas. D-O-M-A. ESPN1320.com is the website there's a Jiffy Lube screen right in the front it's yeah click on that it takes you to the contest page enter Domas D O M A S that's your code word to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate or to enter to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate speaking of Jiffy Lube while we're here, while we're talking about the homies. Oh, yeah. They're giving away PS5s. We're giving away PS5s. We're, we're giving away PS5s cur- the courtesy, of, courtesy of Jiffy Lube. So Jiffy Lube dropped off a gang of PS5s for us to give away. We're going to do that next week. We're going to be doing that via call-in.
4: Oh, call in. So we're
3: going to be opening the lines. I'm going to have to do a whole thing where I go, nine oh nine thirteen twenty nine one six nine oh nine thirteen twenty. 1320, I'm going to have to do that whole thing. Oh. And we're going to give these away. Yeah and i i heard i heard tell that we're going to be having more stuff that goes that goes with it
4: yeah i think we are um, um i think tomorrow we're going to unconfirmed but we're going to talk about one thing that goes with it oh oh yeah i think tomorrow I and then maybe again on friday oh my god okay yeah i love I love
3: this for our for our listeners so those ps5s we will be giving those away next week again courtesy of jiffy lube shout out to them we appreciate it greatly and i believe dlo and kc are going to give one away on thursday when they're at sky river i think so too i think that's going to be the case i think it's J- a jiffy lube christmas damien damien was saying he's just going to jack the one that we opened and oh. i'm like bro that ruins the bit because then we don't have an open one sitting behind you
4: yeah we'd have to open another one we would have to open another one i'm excited about this this is awesome too. ps5s are amazing they do crazy things um, so yeah, big shout out to our friends at Jiffy Lube.
3: Yeah. When you, when, when, uh, our guy from Jiffy Lube said, uh, said, yeah, I want to give away PlayStation fives. It's like, I'm sorry, like one or two. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm giving away five of them. Five of them. Like, oh, <laughs> all right. You got it. <laughs> we can do that for you. Well, so, that's what we're doing next week. Happy yeah. holidays, everybody. Regardless of. <laughs>
4: Whether you're a video game but, person or not, both of us are thinking the same exact thing right now. Uh, it's okay. We'll just move on. How about
3: that? That I'm trying to steal one? No. Oh. No. No? Just me? Yeah. Is that live?
4: Uh, you're, um. <laughs> Kyle trying <laughs> to sneak out glass windows. We see him on DLO and KC, like I'm trying like, to dang, s- that's
3: crazy. I'm just going to take this to the winner. <laughs> the name is Myle Kadson. <laughs>
4: Oh uh, Kyle right. Pelicans
3: 127 Kings 117 Yes Last night was concerning for me man I, Like I I The De'Aaron Fox slow start Six turnovers most since January of last season Okay fine. I mean like I said I'm I'm soft and giving him a pass Okay But then I, I've got here I'm going to just run down my list of concerns from last night And you can either talk me off the ledge Or we can talk about why it's a concern Okay Harrison Barnes played last night. I saw thirty three minutes in the box score. I'm like, good cardio sesh. Did did you get sound from Mike? Yeah, Brown I sure about did. This? I sure I sure did. We're gonna. Because yeah.
4: Mike Brown was hit a couple of times with the Harrison Barnes situation. I I this, don't. What do you got?
3: <laughs> I don't want to say.
4: <laughs>
3: I I don't want to say I disagree with the coach, but I I. I want to discuss what he said here's here's Mike Brown on Harrison Barnes performance in the Kings loss to the Pelicans
8: we got a lot out of him I thought he did a nice job with Zion obviously he didn't score the ball at the at the clip that you hoped for but for us to score 117 points especially uh you know with turnovers we had in the first half uh, that's more than enough we just got to do a better job uh defensively in a ball game of this magnitude, we have to take care of the ball, and do all the little things, and we did, we didn't do it. You know, like to give up a free throw, tip in with point three or whatever seconds is to end the half. That's not good. Your mind's not in the right spot uh, to win a, a game of this magnitude.
3: So, did you take that part about you giving give up the tip in at the end of the first quarter? Did you take that as Harrison Barnes?
4: No, that I was Harrison that's what, Barnes. Flip.
3: Right. Okay, so that's right. So that's what I was I was no, confused. No, no. Why did he go there with that? Um it's like it's like Harrison Barnes was cl- very clearly ineffective last night. I didn't think he was awesome defensively. He took 4 shots, excuse me, sorry. 3 shots. He scored 4 points. He was one of two from the line, 4 rebounds and assists, a steal and a block. Couple of turnovers. He just he wasn't there, and it felt like Mike Brown to me in that answer. He goes like, "Yeah, you know, he did a good job on Zion this and that." And I mean, but the other stuff we did, oh boy. So like he didn't necessarily like disagree.
4: I he he keeps saying like kind of what I've said a little bit here, and it's not be it's not because Mike has said this before. Like Harrison Barnes is a fifth option. Sure. And no one's running a play for Harrison Barnes. Sure. He he says it multiple times. We're not running a play for Harrison Barnes. I have that sound too. Okay. On Harrison Barnes' role. So, like when I when I look and see what's happened here, like is he great? N- no, but I will still like the the some of the advanced stats still say that he's perfectly fine. You just need better players doing other things. And Okay. Okay. In that game specifically, I think yeah. Did did he totally disappear on the defensive end? I mean on the offensive end? Sure, right?
3: It, it it's not it's not that they're not running plays for him or whatever it is, but you just talked earlier about something needs to change here. This yeah. group this particular group of players is not going to get it done. And when you look at this particular group of players, it's not Darren Fox, it's not Debonis Abonis, it's not Keegan Murray. Kevin Herter, okay. But Harrison Barnes, you talk about needing length and you talk about needing athleticism, a 31-year-old Harrison Barnes is not getting, A, he's not getting younger, and B, you can be more effective than he was last night. And he's playing 34 minutes.
4: Oh, no, I I, I agree 100%. He can't have that kind of offence, offensive production. And he's got to do more on the rebounding side. I totally agree. And, and, can, and like he look, can just be so much more impactful than he is, yeah. I think I think that there are ways that he can be more impactful, but like you also have to look at it and say, like, is he the right player for this team at the right time? And the answer is probably not. If there is a way that you can make this team better, it's mm-hmm. specifically at that position. You mm-hmm. need a longer, more athletic player. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it comes down to the fact that, Domonis Sabonis isn't a long athletic player. It comes down to the fact that Kevin Herter isn't a long and super athletic player. Mm. So if you're going to look at the group, the same you could even say about Keegan Murray. He's he's okay athletically. He's okay length and size-wise mm. for, for a 3-4 combo. But that's the problem. And if there's one way that you can fix it, it's going to be, chances are, it's going to have to be using a 31-year-old you know, player under contract for another two years to fill that void because the other guys are younger. The other guys fit the system. They're doing what they need to do. But you also have to understand that when you go and replace that player, mm-hmm. that it could be a guy like Matisse Dibble who doesn't play offense at all. Sure. You know, it could be a guy like P.J. Tucker who doesn't play offense at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, Harrison Barnes, does he need to do better i I totally would agree with that but like defensively he was not horrible like there was like two plays in a row where like zion powered through him okay Mm -hmm. zion powers through everybody sure right but if you look overall and start looking at like how the game played out and why it played out the way it did i it wasn't harrison barnes missing eight shots in a row and (laughs) killing you sure it wasn't but it's not
3: it's not just last night, it's like this is a culmination. Yes. And when you talk about, hey, let's let last night showed where the Kings really lacked that length, that athleticism, that size. It, and then you go look at what happened last night. Okay, De'Aaron Fox found a way to be effective. Was he great in the first half? No. Demana Sabonis, really, really good game. Kevin Herter, you talked about it, flying around. He didn't didn't shoot it great. You'd like to see him go better than two for seven, yep. but it was not was not an but issue. But he was last five night. of
4: ten from the field yeah. overall.
3: Yeah. And then there's Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes took as many shots as Sasha vazenkov who played 6 minutes. And I, I get I get, it. I get it, it's not it's not the vo, it's not necessarily the volume. It is it is this is just a perfect box score that to me indicates like man, Harrison Barnes is just really they could when you talk about getting better, having a player better than Harrison Barnes is the logical like okay,
4: this is where they can improve. I agree 100%. But You got to find a player that's better, and as of right now, they don't have a player that's better. If someone wants to say Sasha Zinkov is a better player, Mm -hmm. I will just tell them straight up, Mm -hmm. you're wrong. Yeah, no, that's not right. You're wrong. That's not. And that's Kessler Edwards is not a better player.
3: No, I don't. I don't think it's on this roster, and I think that's kind of the point.
4: Well, I get it. That's the point. But but here's Mike Brown has to coach the roster that's out there that he has, and here's look, I want to. Here, this is
3: Mike Brown talking about Harrison Barnes' role after after the game last night.
8: We're still defining the role, so it's not, you know, it, but I can tell you just in general, he's going to have to help us rebound. Uh, he's going to take on some tough defensive assignments, right? And then, you know, he's going to shoot the ball when he's open. And, you know, I don't, the one thing that you guys have to understand is I don't call any plays for HP. Everything he does, he kind of gets off of others, and so, you know, that's going to bring an uh, amount of, uh, of inconsistency, too, because he doesn't get a single play call for him. And, um, you know, when he's had big games, it's been him feeding off of others and all that type of stuff. And, you know, we, we didn't – I don't know if – you know, I'd have to go back and watch the film, but I don't feel like we touched the paint enough. And, and you know, they send a lot of guys to the paint but I don't feel like we touched the paint enough, and then when the ball got sprayed, excuse me, and, and then the ball gets sprayed. You know, I felt when we touched that paint, a lot of times it was to try to score. You know, and HB is, is, a, is really good, feeding off of us touching the paint, spray happens. He either shoots it or spray swing to him, hard close out, and, and he snap drives and gets by people. He didn't have much opportunity to do that tonight.
3: That felt like a lot of words to go, meh, I don't know.
4: Okay, the problem that I have is, like, listening to it back, and I I heard it when he said it, and it got under my skin when he said it. We talked about, in pregame, somebody asked Mike specifically about the role of Malik Monk and how important he is to this team and how accepting a role, and, you know, and Mike went on a spiel about how during the, the offseason, mm-hmm. they sit down with these players and they define each role mm-hmm. and they have they take part in, in filling out a sheet of what their role is. And then there's a point where they go in front of the team and they explain what their role is to the team. Mm-hmm. But Harrison doesn't have a, a defined role yet. I'm confused. I'm confused. And I was confused when he said it and it's like, okay, look, we're not gonna make this into the Harrison Barnes press conference, because that was the second question about Harrison yeah, right, right. not being productive. Right. It's more of a quiet conversation that you might have at a practice or uh, uh you know, like mm-hmm. a walk off mm-hmm. where you start having conversations about that. Right. But I was confused by that. And like, look, he's your veteran, he's a guy that like the the players trust but that doesn't mean that eventually you're not going to have to go a different direction. He's not the same age as the rest of the guys. He's mm-hmm. not on the same path as the rest of the guys and there will come a point where you have to replace him. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not on Mike Brown. Like Mike Brown doesn't make that decision. Mike Brown has to play the the cards he's dealt mm-hmm. and do the best he can with those cards and like look I will still tell you that having a player that is league average at everything for his position which is sure. Harrison Barnes mm-hmm. they can pl- they can stay league average for 33 minutes mm-hmm. that's a pretty good player now it's, is it's it a fine. great player but in order for this team to take the next step that's just it they have to have a better version of
3: that's, that's it. just it
4: like, and there's and there's people on our in
3: our chat right now on youtube youtubecom ESPN 1320 uh Keegan Murray watch are the Celtics freaking out because they lost to Indy? First of all, it's not freaking out. B, <laughs> the Celtics are way more championship
4: ready than the Kings are. Yeah. The Celtics yeah, yeah. have gotten there. They are. Well, I. They're but not it's a great. About a loss it's, and, here's the question, Keegan Murray Watch. What do the Kings do against Jason Tatum? Hmm. That's, or Jalen Brown? Well, I mean, Jalen Brown, I think you can figure out.
3: Yeah, because he can't dribble.
4: But. Jason Sorry, Tatum, how do you stop Jason Tatum? Because Brandon Ingram is like a dumbed-down version of Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. So if you think that you're going to go compete for a championship,
5: mm-hmm. who
4: will slow down Jason Tatum? And yeah. that's, you know, again, at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down to. And then David Jackson says, after 19 games last season, the Sacramento Kings were 10-9, and currently 11-8. and Great.
3: That's awesome. Are you confident that they're going to go hang with the best teams in the league in the playoffs? Yeah, that's tough. I'm not there. I'm not there. And maybe I'm nuts. Maybe they're going to get to April and Harrison Barnes is going to average 15 a game in the playoffs and everything's going to be awesome and they're going to go win a title. Sure. But if you told me, if you came down from the future and you said, hey, the Kings won the 2024 NBA championship, I would assume that there was a trade made at some point that involved, maybe it's not even Harrison Barnes. I'm just assuming he would have to be involved because of the money. Yeah. I'm assuming there was a trade made at some point where they upgraded their starting lineup, and it wasn't with Keegan Murray out, it wasn't with De'Aaron Fox out, and it wasn't De'Aaron Sabonis out. And I'm guessing it, it probably wasn't Kevin Herter out. It was probably Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Maybe it's Pascal Siakam, maybe it's OG Ananobi. I don't know. I'm
4: just naming Raptors now. (laughs)
5: <laughs> that's that's what just, we do here we just, just name
3: Raptors
4: we we name Raptors and Mason Plumley. sure that's yeah, the
3: rule the pl- various Plumlee's no <laughs> and I think that that's it, it would be hey okay they dramatically improve their roster and I think at some point whether it's this season or next season that's what they are going to have to do and if they're and if they are content and if if you uh, who is that David Jackson are content with yeah hey be 44 50 win range maybe win around in the playoffs. Great. If that's then cool. Like f- fine. I think that's about your ceiling as long as as long as Harrison Barnes hang around.
4: I I agree. Yeah. All right. Tough. More on this
3: coming up and the worst talking point in the NBA right now got surfaced last night and we'll tell you so what it dumb. is next. He's James and Kyle. We're on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Center.
7: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional.
7: the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up to date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
3: Hey, welcome back in, everybody. Taking you right up to noon, before we hand it off to D'Lo and Casey. I'm Kyle. That's James. Lots of Kings Pelicans stock after the Kings lost to New Orleans in the in-season tournament knockout round last night at the Golden One Center. The Kings now await their opponent on Friday, where they will face on the road the loser of the Suns Lakers matchup, which takes place tonight.
4: Okay, in L.A. The Kings took a day off today, which good. is good. I think yeah. they needed that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was surprised, Kyle, how emotional
3: yeah. it was.
4: Uh, yeah. Yeah, because like even like talking to Domos in the in the locker room. I have like, that sound. Do you have that sound? Yeah, yeah because on, on him wanting to win the, the in season tournament. Yeah, because I was watching him and I kept thinking, boy, this this means a it's more than a game. It means a lot to him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run through three pieces of and I'll
3: set up each one. Okay. This is what you were talking about, Demontis Abonus.
8: We all want to be in Vegas, you know. Um, like I said, it's gonna be the biggest stage. Everyone's watching, you know. You can go up either against Phoenix or, or or the Lakers, you know. In a tournament like that, you know, that's why we play basketball. You know, you want to be in these big games, you know, and uh, missing on the chance it sucks.
3: That's that is the attitude that I was wondering if players would have. Yeah. Like viewing these as big games, viewing that as a big stage. And I think the way the NBA has set this up, they've done a nice job of it where, hey, you know what? You're one of this. It matters. Like players care very much about this. I love having an audience. I feel uh, like you're
4: a tiger and you should just should run I the, move. And then everyone's should, like, oh, he's you moving. Just, just turn and go like run and jump up against a glass.
3: If you're if you're listening, there are people standing behind me in my studio window watching the
4: show go on. You should just like buddy the elf jumping on a Christmas tree move right now.
3: I think I'm just gonna stand here, and then they're gonna be like, "Oh, I hate coming this time of day because he usually just sits there. He doesn't really move around. If you come at like 11:56, he starts standing up and moving around. Then wait, one of his friends comes in. Wait till they feed him. <laughs> you want to be here during feeding time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, here's here's Kevin Herter. And again, Kevin Herter talking about how last night was such a disappointing loss.
4: It sucks. Uh Definitely disappointing. You know, a game like this at home, and, you know, chance for us to get some revenge on the team that beat us pretty good at their place. And opportunity to go to Vegas, uh, potentially have a fun week, I think. Something we're looking
2: forward to. and you know, it just sucks. Got to refocus.
3: And then Keegan Murray talked about in his press conference, uh, talked just kind of about the in-season tournament overall.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good things that happen um, in the tournament. Um, I think there's a lot of good things to play for. Um, and uh, obviously the first one to be able to be a part of it, um, getting a knock around is, is a good feeling, but obviously one want to advance. So um, I feel like um, this it helps the league. Um, and it's pretty cool to play in it.
3: I was really, really surprised that that was the 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 position that players took on this. And not just the Kings, not just the Kings after last night. You watched Indy uh, against the Celtics last night, you would have thought that the Pacers were playing in
4: game seven of the finals. I, it were really amped. Yeah. I, I don't it, know that the Celtics were, No, I, I think, was, I think teams that have been there that have like yeah. played for a, a fine, have gone to the finals or have gone deep in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, okay, this is cool. Yeah. But it's these other teams. And I think that's what it might be about. Kyle, Hmm. it's about like we we talked a little bit about this European soccer. They do these, these in season tournaments, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you'll have a big game on a, on a Saturday and then you'll have a, like one of these tournament games on a Wednesday. And then you come back and you got another big game on the weekend. You get to that Wednesday game. And a lot of the like really, really high end teams, they'll play a bunch of their young guys or they'll play a guy who, you know, maybe hasn't got to play in three games and they'll fill up the roster. They'll let some of their stars rest. And so they don't mind getting bounced out of that. It doesn't count mm-hmm. towards their standings and stuff like that. They don't mind. Yeah. And so I think that there might be a little bit of that in this. Although, like, look, the Suns are there. The Celtics are there. The, mm-hmm. the Bucks are there. The Lakers are there. Yeah. So, but did they get there because they were just way better than the teams in their brackets? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. That's possible.
3: I'm interested to see what, I, I think Suns Lakers will be fun because it's LeBron versus KD. But then, what is the winner of that game against the Pelicans look like in Vegas? Yeah, that'll be that'll be fascinating. But I I, I do think that there's something to that. Where I mean, this is now I, I I wondered this last night. Is the knockout round going to take the place of or not take the place of? But but give the same experience of like a win or go home playoff game. Yeah. Like, will that one off, is that intensity going to be something that a team like the Pacers, the Kings had been through it last year, but now they, now they've been through it again here where, you know what? Hey, they can, they can take that and build off that moving forward. Or is it just like, yeah, you know, it sucks, but whatever, moving on regular season game tomorrow or in a couple of days. Yeah. That's
4: what I'm, I'm interested to, to see. For I'd sure. like to see if it motivates them. If it makes yeah. it, you know, like a big deal for for this team. Mm-hmm. So, like, look, you you got bit a little bit. You need to bounce back. You need to have some sort of, uh, like recovery here and show that this. Sure, it was just a regular season game. Now that you're out of the tournament, it's just a regular season game. Yeah, it's time to move on. Yeah, yeah. Watching the replay here, like while we're we're on the air, and like there are some really interesting things that happened that, you know like the Kings had it one Oh, uh, they're down five, one Oh seven, um, one Oh two. Yeah, actually it was one Oh five, one hundred, uh, CJ McCollum pulls up from the outside and Harrison Barnes makes a very, very good closeout on the shooter. And he misses a shot. Trey Lyles doesn't box out. Um, wire Herb Jones at Mm -hmm. all. He grabs a rebound, goes right up, back up for a putback. Like, so yes, there are errors that that players like Harrison Barnes make, mm-hmm. but it was more than just that. And I know a lot of people. Their first, since like, you start Trey Lyles, it's like okay, like go ahead and break down this game. Go ahead and watch every yeah. minute of this game again without the emotion of no of not knowing what happens, and you'll probably look at the game slightly differently <laughs> than you do.
3: Honestly, live, I I just didn't notice Harrison Barnes. And again, my gripe with Harrison Barnes is is less about in last night in a vacuum. Yeah. It's not, you know what? The Kings would have won if Harrison Barnes had a better game. That was not the takeaway. <laughs> but it, again, bigger picture, when you talk about hey, getting this team to the next step, yeah. it's like man, that re- that's really glaring. That really stands out. It, what's funny about that specific example is live watching the game. It was m- my thought, and based on what I saw on the internet, other people's thought. It's like, man, Trey Lyles is not having a good one. It's not a good Trey Lyles game. Lots of good Trey Lyles games out there. This was not one of them.
4: Yeah. I also thought he had a rough go. that if when they went at Zion, mm-hmm. he is such a trash defender. Like, he is
5: n- n- not it, a good defender.
4: Embarrassingly bad. Embar- like there were times where he jumped out of the way on Fox yeah. and just let him run right to the basket. Yeah. Like what in the world are you doing? Yeah, just he and that again is one of those things where just go at him. Yeah. Go at him the whole game. Mm-hmm. And get him out of the game. And yeah. and I to a certain extent, that's what the Kings did. That's why he played a limited minute.
3: Every Zion, every possession that ended in a Zion Williamson three was like a was like a victory. Oh uh, yeah. It's like that's that's as good as a turnover. Yeah. He's just yeah, not a like really good, but not not super dangerous in a lot of ways for me. Um the worst talking point. In basketball, came up last night. It is after Tyrese Halliburton led the Pacers to an in-season tournament win over the Celtics. He had twenty-six points, ten rebounds, thirteen assists, and a one-twenty-two, one-twelve win mm-hmm. at home. I saw this on Legion of Hoops, which is an aggregating Twitter site. Uh, they posted a tweet asking if the Trings, asking if the Kings traded the wrong point guard. It's just the wor- It's the worst. I don't understand what's the what's the goal what's the point what why what is what is what has De'Aaron Fox done over the last season plus two plus seasons really over his entire time in Sacramento but, but specifically over the last season and a half two seasons okay that makes you say hey you know what that's not the right guy
4: He was named the Western Conference Player of the Week for the second straight, well, second time in the season on Monday. I don't, I don't, I I don't even want to, I don't even want to get into the semantics of it.
3: Like of the actual like Fox v. It's, why are, why, it's two ascending superstars, okay? Who are outstanding and helping their teams in different ways. The Pacers are in a much different place than the Kings are right now. In terms of their growth and their and their building, I shouldn't say much different. They're in a different place though. Tyrese Halliburton does different things for the Pacers than Darren Fox does for the Kings, and da da da. It is awesome that they're both good. It is incredible for the league. It's they're inextricably tied together. I get that, and that's going to be the thing for the rest of their careers. But did the Kings trade the wrong guy? Like, what kind of lazy ass? What kind of yeah lazy ass engagement bait
4: is that?
7: I
3: well, want to let everybody know I didn't quote tweet it or anything. I'm just talking about it on the radio, so it doesn't count.
4: Okay, and, and then Kyle, the other thing I would point out is that we know in Sacramento that this would have never happened if they were together,
3: right? Right. And that's
4: that's the end of the conversation,
3: right? And what is it? What does it look like if they had traded De'Aaron? Va- I don't know, man, but they didn't. Yeah. And, and they're both really damn good. Yeah. So who cares? <laughs> It's not like it look it is a, it's are, a lazy it's if, a lazy topic. If the Kings won 35 games last year and De'Aaron Fox this year was averaging 22 points and shooting 43% from the field and 35% from 3 and they were just like, "Eh, they're going to win 30 to 35 games again." Then you want to go, "Did the Kings trade the wrong guy? Okay, fine. Yeah. Like, okay, now let's have, But the Kings are really good. The Pacers are super fun. Fox, but, is Fox is an MVP candidate. They're both, they're both in the conversation. Like, yes. they both get talked about. So who cares?
4: I totally agree.
3: Like, that's fun. That's, 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 that, it is way more, be a fan how you want to be a fan or never going to police that. It is way more fun for me to be the kind of person who's like, hey, those two are awesome players. What a cool thing that this trade is working out for everybody. Instead of being like, yeah, but what if it didn't go this way? What All right, if? yeah. Look into your crystal ball. Then. There it is. Look at your crystal balls.
4: Look at your crystal balls. Anyways.
3: I'm bad. <laughs> All right. A big shout out to a Sacramento legend for his performance last night, and we're gonna do our top five NFL teams. We're gonna take a break from the NBA for a moment and talk about our top five NFL teams, and then we'll get right back into uh, right back into some basketball talk. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. This is ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Studio.
2: Now back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty.
3: I'm trying to decide if I want to dive all the way into this Fox Halliburton thing, or if I want to punt
4: it. I think I want to punt it.
3: It's fine. No, like, I'm going to punt it. We got we got NFL stuff to
4: do. Yeah, I've had so many conversations about it that I'm totally fine with you punting it.
3: Yeah, it just there's not. It's just not a. I don't. I don't think we're. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're sitting here if the if they had flopped the players in that in that trade, I don't think we're sitting here much differently today. Like I don't I don't think that things are dramatically different, is my only thing with that.
4: Yeah. Well I also think it's possible that De'Aaron Fox would have already murdered Buddy Hill in Indiana <laughs> if he was traded with Buddy Hill to the Indiana Pacers.
3: That's a good point. Yeah. Um We need to give a shout-out on today's show. And that is to one Sacramento legend, Hmm. Jake Browning. (laughs) Folsom High's finest. Getting the start and the victory for the Cincinnati Bengals last night in Jacksonville. And a game where had the Jags won, they would have been the number one seed in the American Football Conference. Jake Browning didn't just manage that game throw it 20 times and let the defense do the work no 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 34 no. 31 in overtime jake browning 32 of 37 354 Ooh. yards and a touchdown no turnovers as uh the bengals went on to upset the jags
4: well clearly it's just because the bengal system big time
3: is jake browning just as good as joe burrow many are saying <laughs> no he's really good and, and and what was impressive was a he's not is his first start You've yeah. not you've not seen him. Um, he would, they were talking about this on the broadcast last night. He's had to improve without getting a ton of reps, like in the offseason, in preseason games, or, mm-hmm. or or in training camp. And last night you saw it. It was sh- really short throws early, just trying to get him in a rhythm, moving the pocket. And he started pushing the ball down the field a little bit. Made a couple of big time throws for Cincinnati, and and got the W. Thirty two to thirty seven, three hundred fifty four yards. It's like, dude, when you're as good as he was in high school, and then you go to UW, and I know he had a one really good year at, at Washington. And I think his mm-hmm. senior year he he fell off a little bit, which is why he went undrafted.
4: But, um,
3: good football player.
4: Yeah, and it, it, it showed last night. It's good to see somebody get an opportunity, even if it took a long time. You know, mm-hmm. like. Stick around, like give it a, give it yep. a shot because uh, at the end of the day, I mean, he is a, a guy who's entering his prime mm-hmm. a, as a quarterback and like if somehow it doesn't work out there or, or, you know, of course, Joe Burrow's the guy there, but that could open doors for you to go be something else down the road. And you know, if you have a good, strong finish here, like maybe you're starting quarterback next year. Maybe he, somebody else gives you a shot.
3: Dude, if he leads them to the playoffs, he's absolutely getting looks this off season. Yeah. Like a hundred, a hundred and ten percent. If not as a starter, as a backup for sure.
4: Yeah. I mean do I... the Jets want him? Maybe. Would he make the Jets better? Hey, would he would he
3: play for the Jets? <laughs> Did you see that? That's Did you see a, that like, story? Baseline. Did you see that story? No. The Jets wanted Zach Wilson to play and he was more or less like, nah, I'm good. Wait, in the game? They want him to start next week.
4: What? And he's like, mm, I'm good. Really? <laughs> That's the last time he ever plays in the NFL. It, 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 Honestly, Kyle.
3: It's definitely a possibility. I just don't wanna I, I don't wanna over I don't wanna underestimate a overzealous I'm smarter than everybody GM going we can fix him. He was the second overall pick. Look at that kid. He just looks like a quarterback.
4: I don't think he'll he'll get another opportunity. Like it not to make an opening day me. roster. It definitely wouldn't shock me. No. What has he done? He's done nothing to show that he could do that. No. That he could be anything. No. And now we're
3: refusing to play for risking future injury? For what, dog? For what? That big deal you're going to sign this offseason? That's that's the. I would be floored if Zach Wilson, this is before him punting on playing. I would have been floored if he got anything more than like a couple million dollar one year, hey, come in and be a backup.
4: I don't think he's kind of getting deal. that. I don't think he's getting anything.
3: Yeah. I Like I said, I'm not going to underestimate dumb NFL GMs, but...
4: Yeah. Anyways.
3: Let's get our... Let's talk about good football teams. Oh, that sounds good. The top five in the NFL. I feel like... Th- I feel I feel better about this top five than I've felt about a top five in a long time. Okay. I feel like it's starting to clear up a little bit.
4: I, I agree with you.
3: I have the 49ers at one. Yes. And... I think when you have a team in San Francisco who has beaten two of the other top 5 teams by a combined score of 84 to 29, they good. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's uh that's not bad. So, I'm going to I'm going to put them at the top for now. I still I still have the Eagles at two. I am still a firm believer in the Eagles. Yeah, me too they just especially like especially come playoff time the trenches matter so much and they might just win every game there their offensive line was so good against the 49ers it's just Jalen Hurts just didn't throw the ball um so yeah i have i've still got the eagles too
4: i'm really surprised that uh on their home field that they they let go of the rope like they did like because i mean the niners were just a far superior team on that day right but that's not how the game started you know what like maybe it's a little bit like the kings pelicans like the you know the eagles were dominant early mm-hmm. just like the kings were dominant early mm-hmm. and then they just kind of lost sight of, of what the plan was while the niners just goes and just took off
3: yeah yeah so. it's, the, i th- i thought the that san francisco's offense is always going to figure it out a little bit the thing that i would be worried about like in a rematch which i i in my bones believe that we're going to see this game again in the playoffs okay niners eagles where it is TBD, but I believe we're going to see it again. The thing I would be concerned about if I was an Eagles fan is: okay, defense looked great on the first two drives, and then your offense stalled out in the red zone twice. They had a chance to put that game away in the first quarter. Niners go down fourteen nothing, even ten nothing. I think it's game over. Oh yeah, and there's a good they, chance they kick two field goals. Yeah. So uh, that was the that was the big difference there. E- Eagles still number two and 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 still very much in the Super Bowl conversation. I've got the Ravens at three still. I think we're gonna I think the Ravens are defensively, they are tough, they are fast, they will look different from week to week in terms of what they're doing like schematically. Um I am a big believer in the Ravens, and then I, I think Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate. Mark Andrews being out hurts them a lot. He's by far their best pass catcher, but Zay Flowers can play. Um we we know that they can plug any running back in and have them be successful, and Lamar Jackson I just mentioned is is super dangerous, especially when he gets out on the run. Um, and this year he's having his best season as a passer. So big believer in the Ravens out of the AFC.
4: Yeah, the Mark Andrews thing is big, mm-hmm. and, and so for me, I'm going to drop them down to like number five. Okay, just because I, I think that that is such a safety blanket for for Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he's not Travis Kelsey, but he's close. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know they do have some talent on the, on the perimeter, so it's not going to be a complete collapse, but in a game where it gets, you're up against a high quality top tier opponent, not having that option is really, really going to hurt them. So, uh, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to took, uh, I'm going to put the Cowboys up there, man. Like I, I hate saying it, but they're really playing well. Like I, I, just,
3: I've got the Cowboys three, uh, I'm sorry, four. Yeah.
4: The Cowboys are good, man.
3: The biggest consternation with the Cowboys Not the biggest concern that's, that's the wrong word. The biggest concern I have with the Cowboys is what does Mike McCarthy look like in January? Of course. That's... I, that's It's not the talent. It's not Dak. It's not uh, the, Micah Parsons.
4: That team's loaded. I still think it does come down to Dak, though, doesn't it? Like... I mean, a little bit. I don't... <laughs> I don't think a lot of... I. I no. I, maybe. Some. Okay. Since the bye, they've they put up 43 mm-hmm. against the Rams. They lost to the Eagles uh, 23-28. They put up 49 against the Giants. They put up 33 against Carolina. They put up 45 against the Commanders. They put up 41 against Seattle. Like, this Jeez. team is rolling, man. Yeah. They are rolling. Yeah. Since they got clubbed by the Niners, um, like, and, and then they came back the next week, right? And And I believe, oh, no, they beat the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, like they've been really really good.
5: Mm-hmm. yeah
3: yeah, I, I'm uh, if if they play in the postseason like they're playing right now, in fact, you know what I'm gonna learn I <laughs> like like I'm the only one watching. We as a collective, I think are gonna learn a lot about the Cowboys when they host the Eagles this week. Yeah, like that's going to be are these dudes gonna go in against a, a, a division rival with a chance to tie for the division lead? and go to work or is it oh they shrink in a big spot and they get pummeled
4: or are the eagles going to come in emotionally empty (sighs) maybe after a big loss maybe just saying
3: uh last one here yep last one here i had the dolphins at five and i feel really good about it number one seed in the afc right now after the jags lost last night and dude, they just they hit a little bit of a lull offensively and now they're scoring 40 again and Tyreek Hill should probably be the MVP. That's yep, my take.
4: I'm with you. I have the Dolphins at four, um, and uh, and the Ravens at five. So okay. Cowboys, Dolphins, Ravens, and then Lions at six.
3: I have Chiefs at six, Lions at seven. Oh, I'm still, I'm still just, shoot. I'm still, they're <laughs> still leaning on Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid figuring it out. But but I'm becoming less and less confident in that by the week. I said I said early in the season. I said, like, "Eh, give it till week 9 or 10. We're in week 13, and they're still struggling with it. That's why they dropped out of the top five
4: for me. Eight and four, man. It's not good. Nuts. All right.
3: We'll keep diving into Kings-Pelicans. We will revisit our keys from from last night's game. We'll talk about what's next for the Kings. We talked about, oh, hey, they they might need to make a move. Uh, We'll talk about why on the other side of our break. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're back in three. (sighs)
7: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?
2: Now, back to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
3: Kings fall to the Pelicans last night, 127 to 117 at the Golden 1 Center in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. We've been talking about that a lot today. We talked a lot about cinnamon rolls at that break. We did. Like, to the point that if there's a cinnamon roll out there, it'd be really hard not to have one. Yeah. I'm craving a I don't know C-roll. what's going
4: on out there, but. I don't know. I don't see, I don't see Kenny out there. So that's usually not a good sign.
3: Hey, with the holidays coming up, uh, of course we are giving away PS5s next week.
4: Oh yeah, right here on the
3: Insiders. Dilo and Casey going to give one away on Thursday. Their show is out at Sky River Casino in Elk Grove, noon to four on Thursday. They're going to be giving away a PS5 as well out there, courtesy of Jiffy Loops, So make sure uh, you get out there, hang out with the guys, uh, and see if you can win that. But along with that, in in the spirit of Christmas. Uh, ESPN 1320 and Kiki's Chicken in the greater Sacramento area are trying to make Christmas brighter for kids this holiday season. Just drop off a new unwrapped toy at any Kiki's Chicken place in the greater Sacramento area now through December 16th. All of those toys stay local, and they'll be distributed by Stanford, Sierra Youth and Families. Uh, there's a huge need for presents for kids 12 to 18 years old. Like so many times in these toy drives, it's for it's for the younger kids. Got to remember those, those older kids, 12 to 18 years old. Uh, so if you are going to donate... Thank you for any donation. Uh, But if you can, keep in mind uh, the older kids, the the 12 to 18-year-old range. Uh, Join us for the Odyssey Sacramento crew. Join us in the Sacramento... 3, 2, and 1. Join us for the Odyssey Sacramento crew on Saturday, December 16th at Kiki's Chicken at 5120 Auburn Boulevard in Sac from 11 to 1 for a special collection day. Come by and say hi. Thanks for helping Kiki's Chicken and ESPN 1320 make Christmas brighter for kids this Christmas. Shout out to every person... Who donates, we appreciate it
4: greatly. Good work, Kyle. Yeah,
3: Thanks, man. I got through it. I powered
4: through. Powered through. Yeah.
3: When is that? December 16th? Oh,
4: hey, and it's 11 to 1. We get to go. We get to pull up. Are you sure? I'm pulling up. Are you sure, Yeah.
3: Yeah, the Sacramento team, 5120 Auburn Boulevard, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. for that special collection day. I'm pulling up. I'm jetting out of here and I'm going down there. All right. Get to be part of a work thing. Have you been to Kiki's? I have not been to Kiki's yet.
4: Oh, Kyle!
3: I can't wait. It's... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna eat some that day.
4: It's a little crazy, Kyle. It's crazy. I'm excited. I love chicken. Uh, it's it's some good stuff. Fried my, chicken,
3: grilled chicken, smoked chicken.
4: My 20 year old decides Popcorn to chicken? come home with some Kiki's quite often. Yeah, yeah. It's it. It's something. Okay. It's intriguing. Can't wait. It's very good stuff. Can't wait.
3: Let's revisit our Kings Pelicans keys. This is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Is look back at keys to the game because I hate, I hate the keys to the game at like the beginning of a, of an NFL broadcast. Right. Cause it's always like keys to the game, avoid turnovers. Gotta be good in the red zone. Um, uh, gotta keep the quarterback upright. Yeah. like, think uh, all okay. right, it's very unspecific. So we try and get a little bit more specific and then I like to revisit them to see uh, how those things played out, how correct we were, how wrong we were. Um, one of your keys was build a wall and slow down Zion. I thought they did that. I did too. It didn't lead to a victory,
4: but um, you didn't get killed by the same guy a third time. They forced him right twice mm-hmm. where he actually, he scored, mm-hmm. but you did your job. Mm-hmm. I thought like realistically, that's about as well as you can play a player like this. Like yeah. he he's such like a beast. Like he just keeps like charging at you. There's no way to... Like, you can't get out of his way. He uh, He's really, really talented. I thought the Kings did about as well as you could do defending him last night.
3: One time, it, this reminds me of Zion, and I was, in, I was playing pickup basketball in college, and I got put on a defensive tackle from the Sac State football team. Not great. And just got
4: destroyed. Yeah.
3: Every time down, I had nothing for this guy. Like nothing, right? And I finally I go I go over to one of the guys. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. He goes, hey, just try not to get your ass kicked too bad. <laughs> like, like, all right, all right, like, thanks, man. And that's what it felt like. Uh, that's what it feels like. You have to do a Zion, and the and the Kings did a nice job last night. Yeah. Uh, your second key was use the home crowd. I thought they did that early, and then the energy just got sucked out of the building by the end of the first quarter.
4: Yeah, I think it did too. But I thought the ca- the crowd really did come back late in the game. Like the Kings made runs in this game and I, mm-hmm. I thought the crowd was huge. You know, we talked about they got it down to 5 at one point. Um, Malik Monk hit a couple of threes and again like it's the the power of Malik. He hit
3: he hit the three from above the right break to make it 5, I believe. Yeah, yeah, at and 100 uh
4: 105.
3: When he hit that three, I was in my mind like this is over. Like they're going to they're going to roll from here. Yeah. And then man, the Pelicans you mentioned are such a tough matchup. They just Every time they needed a bucket, they got one. Every time they needed a stop, they got one. It was like, "Mm." just couldn't quite get over that hump.
4: Yeah, and I think they also, the Pelicans did a really good job of like attacking, attacking the rim, getting Mm -hmm. in the paint. Uh, They hit crazy mid-range shots. So, yeah. And then your last one, set the tempo early. The Pelicans are playing their
3: third game in four nights, and you had to make Zion run. They did it early,
4: and they lost. Let off the gas, just, man. Yeah. You had an opportunity. There's a moment, there's a moment like nine minutes into the first quarter where you're dominating them and it. you had just a, a glimmer where you could just put the game away. Yeah. And you turn the ball over a bunch of times in a row.
3: There's this interesting thing that, that happens and, and I don't want to say this, this is not every game, but it feels like when the Kings start to like lose lose the rope a little bit. Yeah, just to let go of the rope. Use, let go of the rope, yep. just to keep using that phrase. When they start to let go of the rope a little bit, their reaction is to slow everything down. And I think they need to do the opposite. Yeah. Like that's something that Golden State used to be really good at. When things would get, when, okay, a team might make a run, they would just make everything frenetic. It's like, oh, team made a couple baskets, get the ball out of the basket and go. Start yeah. to run. Start to oh you get a deflection, get the pass ahead, try and create a three on two break, and just start creating that for it because that's where the Kings are going to thrive. Like that's where they're at their very best, and I think that's okay. Hey, hey, throwing a 9-0 run, slow everything down. Like, now, F- wrong. That's the wrong way to do this. Yeah, uh, I, I would I would like to see that change, but again, that's a that's a kind of small thing that happens every once in a while. Uh, for me, I said no free possessions, <sighs> twelve turnovers, six from De'Aaron Fox. 12 isn't a bad number. No. But it was those early ones that allowed the Pelicans to get back into the game.
4: Well, that and... Uh, just, the, just so inexplicable, like bad, bad turnover. It was just that one stretch, man. I, that, It's going to stick like out in his head for a long time because I know mm-hmm. how much he does value it. But it's the one stretch. And I think it's like right at the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter where it's just boom, boom, boom. Like you can't have that kind of let up. Uh, he had four turnovers in the first quarter. Here's what.
3: Okay, so this is De'Aaron Fox run. The Kings go up thirty-two seventeen at three forty. De'Aaron Fox misses a three, then turns it over. Sacramento calls a timeout. Um, De'Aaron Fox turnover. De'Aaron Fox miss layup. Um, shot clock violation on the Kings, and then consecutive possessions. Turnover by Fox. Turnover by Fox. Then he made a three. Then he missed a free throw. Then he missed a jumper with 18 seconds left. Like, geez Louise. Just a... Like I said, I'm giving him a pass. I'm soft. Yeah. But that was just a, a really, really rough stretch for a player that you don't see many rough stretches from.
4: Yeah, it was probably one of the worst two-minute stretches of his career. Yeah. It's just... I mean, realistically, like he just like... It. He tried to like overcompensate for the turnovers by... You know, pulling up for you know trying to get to the basket or or shooting threes, mm-hmm. and it just snowballed on him,
5: yeah,
3: tough, um but again, good on him for bouncing back and and scoring thirty and and mm-hmm. trying to keep the kings in the game. uh Domas step up had to do that against against uh, Valanchunas and and Zion a triple double. He was really big in that third quarter, getting him out on the run. He had a big block. I thought that block from behind on that herb Jones that he got oh. Uh. I can't remember who he got. He got somebody on a block from behind. He could tell he was grabbing rebounds and, get out and getting out and going and looking yeah. to distribute. Uh, really, really effective third quarter for him and a really effective game uh, overall. And then keep Brandon Ingram in check was my third key. They did not do that. No. And like I said, I think he's the kind of scorer where just on some nights, you're not going to have it for him. He's, he's going to get to his spots. He's 6'10". Kevin Herter talked about it after the game. He's like, yeah, that's a 6'11 guy who can score it from anywhere.
4: Yeah, when when he gets get going, and, and there was a point in the game where I thought the Kings did do a good job. I mean, Brandon Ingram was complaining to the officials forever. They started getting more and more physical with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when he started hitting the mid-range jump shot, and then again, the C.J. Uh, McCollum, when he started hitting the jump shot, it was like, oof.
3: Yeah, when C.J. gets rolling, it, he's... Because the Kings were playing it's great tough, defense man. on him. Great yeah.
4: defense. Yeah. So there's just nothing you can do when he's when he catches fire. And I think that's, at the end of the day, you got to take your hat and tip your hat to a team that came in and just played really well and beat you.
3: This is, I meant to get to this earlier and got sidetracked probably by Disneyland or Cinnamon Rolls or something else. It's yeah, fine. all of the above. <laughs> Kevin Herter talked about this in the locker room and then... Mike Brown. Actually, I guess Mike Brown talked about it first at the podium. So we'll get to Mike Brown's quote first, and then uh, we'll we'll hear from Kevin Herter. This is about the Kings not running and not playing with the pace that they played at last year. Here's Mike Brown.
8: It, it wasn't good, but, but I think they had something to do with it. You know, they they did a good job of uh, getting back a transition. I told our guys, you you know, you can watch it on film. We don't we don't run as hard as we did last year. We're not getting to the corners to flatten the defense out and open it. We kind of jog back. Everybody's kind of looking for the ball, and then we stop at the at the, at the wing, free throw line extended. And and so it's hard to get down the hill. It's hard to create spay, uh, sprays and transition just because we don't run as hard as we, we, we did last year. And hopefully in time, we'll get back to doing that.
3: I thought that was some really interesting insight from Mike Brown. And then Kevin Herter in the locker room got asked about, hey... Why aren't you guys running as hard?
8: Defensively, I think a lot of what they're asking us to do and you know, defensive rebounding and physicality and, and making sure we're cleaning up that end. And, uh, they they got to be able to get out. I think last year, maybe a little bit mindset wise, we we're getting to track meets with teams and high scoring games. and uh, Defensively, the ball goes through the room and we'd be out there to get to offense. So maybe a little bit more defensive focus for us is
4: uh, keeping us from running, but we've got to figure a way to do both. Oof. You know, Kyle, I think. Mike heard all of the the noise about how hard he worked the team last year mm-hmm. and how many days they practiced and how it was such a, you know, like the players felt it, everyone felt it, like there was never a day off. Mm-hmm. Like last year we would not have seen them take a day off today. And I think he heard it. And I think he thought he had to set the standard in season one. Mm-hmm. Year, year one, I'm setting mm-hmm. the standard. This is who we are, attention to de- detail and all that stuff. I do think that he's let off a little bit and like, maybe it's because they've, they've got a rash of injuries, right? Sure. And you just can't practice as hard when you have a whole bunch of injuries. Sure. Right. So maybe it's that, maybe it's, you know, there, there's all kinds of questions we could ask here about why they're not doing it. But I don't think this team is, is in as good a shape as they were last year. I don't think that they have the ability to run, run, run like they did last year. And they've got to make some adjustments. They've got to get better at it. And you know, maybe they do need uh, to like hit hit the cardio a little bit harder in practice. Whatever it is, they don't seem to be moving the same way,
3: yeah. you can't you can't say in in a basketball game, you can't say, well, our offense is worse because we're trying harder on defense and then just not be great at defense too yeah does that does that make sense like they're they're better defensively but they're not good enough defensively to uh, to me justify what where they've been offensively in terms of their pace
4: i think you can try you can say that they are trying Trying harder harder.
6: that's right that's my bad
4: I got it that they're trying harder on the defensive end Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're better defensively
3: Damian Barling here from D'Lo and KC joining us for the handoff. Uh, D'Lo, Mike Brown said in his in his post game press conference last night that the Kings aren't running as hard to the corners. That's their that's one of their issues offensively. Is they're not flattening out the defense. the The spray threes aren't there now. You've got too many guys like waiting for the ball to bring the ball up the court, and then they're not running super hard. Kevin Herter saying it's because oh, we're, the focus is more on defense now, so we're not going to have the energy to 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 play on offense. That all can't be problems at once. Like that that feels like something that there's a solution to for me.
6: Yeah, it it cuz when it's all a problem at once, you get what you got last night. And last night was the first time that I was like I think I'm a little concerned about this team. Um I mm. just don't like what we've seen so far. There's a lot of things that I I don't like. And the fact that they have to muscle themselves back into all of these games. Like I had to look up numbers like are they are they getting blown out as frequently as it feels like they are? And they're not. Like, th- th- they obviously have the brutal 36-point loss. Like, they have some mm. some uncomfortable losses on there, but they have a couple of 16-point wins, 15-point wins. I just think there are some games like the Clippers game, like these, you know, Kenny might fight the second one. I, th- I think all three games against the Pelicans, even yesterday, like, when they made the run in the third quarter, I didn't think they were going to win. Like, they they have mm. moments where they they make runs where it's like I don't I don't know that they can beat this team and it's not like a Golden State where you can see you know obviously you're a Steph Curry shot away from everything changing it just felt like New Orleans was muscling them and pushing them and 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 when Willie Green called that timeout and I'm I'm a huge Mike Brown fan I think he got out coached last night mm. Willie Green made an adjustment in the first quarter. And we always focus on made threes versus misses three, missed threes. I think they were 7 of 11 at one point. The, the Pelicans went on that run, and I looked up at the scoreboard, and the Kings were 7 of 12. They had only gotten one three up in mm-hmm. that run. And I started to – you had all of the turnovers there. You're talking about exuding too much energy on the defensive end. Well, then you all need to kill that because you're like a mid-tier team now on the offensive end you're a below mid-tier team exactly on the defensive end that isn't going to do it nope that's not good enough and the fact that they're they're 3 games above 500 i think they they're in the fifth spot now in mm. the west like all right like okay you you you're kind of sustaining this but i need to see them they need to take a step they need to move forward somewhere in terms of their 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 overall game and right now it feels like they're stuck in mud in everything is really, really difficult with them.
4: And that's, go ahead, James. It's intriguing to me because when when I'm watching them, there are no close games. Like last year, that was like the hallmark of this team. There were so many games that were like down to the wire. And we're like, hey, they are really getting like a a good training on what it's like to play close, hard-fought games. This year, I feel like so many games, they either blow somebody out or they get blown out. Mm. And on the season, like, look, their net rating is negative. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter that they have a winning record. Their net rating is showing you who they are. And Well, that 36-point
6: blowout probably weighs pretty heavy on that. Like, they had a 36 and I think like a 25.
4: I think their biggest win was 16.
3: Yeah, negative, they're they- a point eight. Per 100 possessions.
4: Yeah, but if you look at even the standings, uh, like ES, ESPN standings for some reason are just way better than everyone else's standings. <laughs> they are. I mean, their standings are really, really good, but it shows you that like the Kings are averaging 116.5 points per game. They're giving up 117.3. Of, of the teams that are in the postseason chase, there's only one other team that's a negative differential and it's the Lakers who who are a negative one. The Kings are a negative 0.8. That means that the other eight teams are all positive. The Golden State Warriors, who are out of the playoff picture right now, they're a positive. Like, the Kings just aren't figuring out a way to find any consistency from one game to the next. Mm-hmm. They're either hot and winning six in a row, or they're losing three in a row. Like, there is, like, this really up and down. And uh, part of it is injuries. I'm not going to say it's not. Like, King and Murray... Not being 100% is a problem. De'Aaron Fox missing five games is a problem. Trey Lyle's missing 13 games is a problem. But, like, they have to, like, this is, like, it's kind of like the Harrison Barnes thing. Like, there isn't a better option on the Sacramento Kings. They have to play the cards they're dealt. Every team has injuries. Every team has, like, a tough schedule uh, sections, mm-hmm. and they're just not playing through it. Yeah. The,
6: the, the, the tough thing, Kyle, you're talking about Keegan Murray. I, I mean, I guess, you know, the good news in this is they don't play till Friday. Yeah. Right? They'll be on the road somewhere. Schedule's tough after that cuz they have a back-to-back on Monday and Tuesday, so they're traveling. They got to travel yeah. to play whether it's Phoenix or LA on Friday. Come back, you got a home game Monday. Then you got a road game Tuesday in Los Angeles, and so like nothing n- nothing's going to get easier for them and what happened with Keegan last night is super concerning to me. Mm-hmm. You got five days off. He missed, what, like five games? And mm-hmm. he left yesterday's game and then acknowledged he came back in because he thought this is a big game, wanted to do everything we could to win.
4: Wait, what?
6: Like, he's not okay. Yeah, He's uh, we, clearly we not okay.
4: We talked about it. He yeah. got uh, – That wasn't moving right at all. Right when he came in, uh, Brandon Ingram, you could see he was feeling him out. Like, mm-hmm. who, who are you right now? And he ran right by him, and, yeah. and Keegan just reached out and grabbed his arm. Like – that's and, not good. And how big
3: of a not. and how big of a key was that when when we were talking about uh, just a couple weeks ago, like Keegan Murray's defense on Steph Curry, and then who was it, uh, Donovan Mitchell, who's excellent against Donovan Mitchell? And We're going. Hey, man, he played
6: LeBron James. He guarded LeBron James. Guarded,
3: guarded LeBron. B- guarded Brendan Ingram really well in the first half of the second game mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. New Orleans, and that was when he got hurt, right?
6: I think it was the first game. First game I think it was the, the first Orleans half of the hurt? first game. I think so.
3: So what it, before he went out, he was guarding Brandon Ingram and doing a great job, and you're like, yo, this is it. He looks more athletic. He's that defensive stopper. This is everything. All of it keys in. Yeah. I mean, you you came on your show, Damian, and you went, hey, I was I, I didn't like the Keegan Murray pick. I'm taking the L. This guy's the, the key to all of this. And I think he still is. But if that's the case, then when he's compromised like this, you you see the the impact it has not only offensively, but but certainly defensively. Yeah. They've picked up real quick on the on the whole net rating thing just to, just because it's a lot of numbers to give people an idea of what they have basically gained a point of net rating or uh, excuse me a defensive rating that's points allowed per 100 possessions. They're at one fifteen point eight this year. They were one sixteen point eight last year. They have lost in that same stretch four point four points in offensive rating.
4: Yeah, so Not they, the same they have offense. gained
3: one point to drop four. And so if that's the case, if Kevin Herter is right. And it is, and again, this is kind of getting away from the Keegan Murray thing. But if Kevin Herter's right on that, where it's like, yeah, hey, we're trying so hard on defense now, then I'm with Damon. You got to dead that. Well, I, I'd Especially also point if it's out
4: making like, Keegan Murray's back hurt. Sabonis brought this up at practice that they're really trying to isolate bad defenders on the opponent. They're mm-hmm. they're trying to pick on players. Mm-hmm. That's something that wasn't in their offense last year. They just had this free flowing thing, right? Now they're they're slowing it down a little bit over the last week and a half or so trying to get the right matchup and playing the matchup game. That's a step that they have to take in order to be a great team. And so do you have to slow down the offense? Do you have to make adjustments on the offensive side? Mm -hmm. Does it have to look a little clunky here and there? Sure. But the end product will be once you get this down and you start playing, you know, this bully ball where you're, you're isolating a bad defender on the other team. You're going to be better for it. So sometimes you do have to, you have to crawl before you can walk. And I think the Kings just started running last year, and now they still have to remember how to. They they still have to learn how to crawl, and that's a problem. That's that's kind of the big thing for me
3: is if that was the case where you're like, okay, I kind of see the vision, like you see which way this is going. It's a little clunky, but you kind of. I just don't see that right now. At least not with this group of players. I don't.
6: They're just trying to muscle their way through everything. You know, they're they It's it's like you know when you're when you're training and you don't know how to properly do a lift, mm. so you just try to push the weight up. Well, don't attack me like that, but that's fine. Well, it's (laughs) De'Aaron scoring thirty. It's Domas's triple double. They don't this team is lacking technique and they're just trying to muscle their way through everything. And we're too early in the season for that. Yeah. They've got they've got a lot to figure out. And last night was the first time I was like, I'm 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 concerned.
3: That's Damian Barling of d and KC. They're coming up next. For James Hamm, I'm Kyle Madsen. We're sponsored by Jiffy Loop. This has been The Insiders. We will talk to you tomorrow. d and KC next on ESPN 1320. Sacramento Sports Leader.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,